We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience, as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. All right, babe, we're good to go. All right, welcome back to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins, everybody. It's Wednesday. We're really happy to release a new episode with you. Um, We are extremely privileged today to have a guest. Uh, We're going to interview a good friend of ours. Her name is Dr. Margaret Nagib. And uh, she and Jason have worked really closely together over the last number of years, probably, what, seven, eight, nine years at this point. I'm going to let Margaret tell you a little bit about her work, but she has become a good friend of our family and we so appreciate her. And we're going to dive into the topic of gender differences today. But before we do that, please tell us a little about your work, Margaret. Well, it's so great to be here with you at Brave Coast Central. It's very cool. Everyone (laughs) needs to see it at some point. It's fun (laughs) behind the scenes. And um, yeah, I'm a clinical psychologist. I've been in the field for quite a few years. And, you know, so I do all the beautiful psychology wholeness stuff. But my passion is really um, integrating faith in psychology, Christianity in psychology, and more specifically, bringing the power of Holy Spirit into the work that I do with people so that it's truly body, soul, spirit work and not just, you know, helping the mind. Because figured out pretty soon that that's limited. Psychology is limited if we don't deal with the spirit. And frankly, church is limited if we don't deal with the soul and the body, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, do you want to say a little well, bit about, because yeah, you've worked so closely with Mark over the I years. I have worked so closely, too closely sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, we have, we've, worked, we've shared clients um, quite a few times. And <clears throat> I think for me, Over the years, Margaret, you've been such a gift in helping me figure out, oh, you have some tendencies that are like OCD. Oh, tell me about that, Margaret. So uh, just in my own personal life, you've been such a gift to helping me unpack why do I battle with so much anxiety and why can I not conquer it and overcome that? And so, of course, thank you for that. And then our kids, too, have seen you before. But it's always good to have friends that you can call who will jump in the trench with you and just help. And so this is such a gift and a blessing. Yeah. In fact, we might do an episode in the future on anxiety because for Jason specifically, that has been probably the topic that, I mean, that you've personally worked on the most with, with Margaret. And uh, that's a whole nother ball of wax that we should probably do at some point. Completely changed my life. Yeah. My my conversations with you have completely changed my life in that respect. So it's been awesome. But today we're going to talk about the gender differences between mm-hmm. men and women. And I'm just going to set it up a little bit because in our culture today, there's real a real battle over, which we're not going to get into the political battle of this, but there is real a real battle even just amongst people today in general, like this idea that there are there's no real difference between a man and a woman and gosh, we couldn't be any further from the truth. And my main thought with this, and I want to hear some of your thoughts too, Margaret, of course, yeah, is that when we fail to 
actually really define the differences. And when we just want men and women to be the same, you can't celebrate the differences in men and women. And you also can't meet each other's needs in an appropriate way. And so it is a massive mistake for us to try to make women like men or vice versa, but instead to really understand how we each differentiate from one another and then what are those differences and and how do we meet those needs in an appropriate way and as a man i know it's it's easy to just be stuck inside of my head around what a man needs and what what i want and i remember when lauren and i were first married i had six roommates before and, not during our marriage six male roommates obviously yeah. i said before we were oh, i thought married. you said when we got married no, before <laughs> before we were married yeah. i had six yes guy roommates plus my kids so i had a really big house but when we got married when we first got married um i had treated lauren a lot like i would treat my guy friends in in some of the areas where like play for instance so there was a lot of play domination that would happen. Yeah, he'd want to wrestle or oh, you know, boy. trap me, <laughs> pin me. You know, not fun. No, for you. no, triggering. Yeah, super triggering. And so, anyways, you know, just getting out of that mindset and back into like, <laughs> oh, this isn't fun for her. This isn't mm-hmm. enjoyable. These aren't. Yeah. This isn't how she relates. She to doesn't me. want to sit and play video games she with you. She doesn't want no. to play video games. Turns she out they make me motion war. sick. So. <laughs> But when we're, when we're talking about uh, differences, gender differences, Margaret, what do you think, like, why do you feel like it's important for us to understand the differences? Yeah. Well, first of all, I so appreciate what you said about, like, at the end of the day, we are super different. Yeah. And um, if we if we don't want to acknowledge that, we're, we're going to have some troubles. Yeah. We're going to be more stressed. You know, as a woman, if I don't acknowledge how I'm different, I'm going to be more stressed as a man. If you don't acknowledge it, you're going to be more stressed. And sometimes when I'm talking about this with clients, because I seem to be talking about this more and more, especially when I work with couples, because yeah. it's like it's like one of those like quick tools where like if I want to fix something fast, I start talking about gender differences. But if you resist me, which oftentimes people will, especially the women, if you resist me, you're basically resisting how you're designed and right. how he's designed. So you're just making it harder for yourself and you're causing more stress for yourself. So there's that. But on top of that, our world has changed. Yeah. And we as our roles as men and women have changed. It's not as clear as it was a couple of just a couple of generations ago, maybe even our parents' generation, mm-hmm. right? The lines are more blurred. And, you know, I don't know what the percentage is. I know it's super high, but you've got men and women working. And men and women then coming home and having to deal with the work at home. So it, it's a little more confusing right now because we have stresses we've never had before. Mm-hmm. And so we actually need new skills in that area of gender differences that maybe our parents or our grandparents didn't need. So if you want to thrive and, and feel like alive, you've got to honor your femininity or your masculinity. And in relationship, think about when you first started dating Everyone loves when they first started dating and they loved the fact that he was a man and he opened the car for me and like he planned the date for me and he did this for me and I felt so loved and Mm -hmm. he directed. I I listened to your show about the dating part and I was Mm -hmm. like, man, Jason nailed it on the (laughs) dating scene. He really did. He He was great at dating. (laughs) And you loved it. But here's the thing. Under stress, those differences are highlighted 
But then that's when we're struggling to navigate because I'm in my stress going, but this is how I see it. Why don't you see it this way? Yeah. And in his stress, he's thinking, but this is how I see it. This is what you need. Why don't you see it this way? And that's when we need to come back together and go, oh, wait, we actually complement each other and you can help reduce my stress and I can help reduce your stress when we understand these gender differences. Yes. So that makes so much sense. And you're right. I think culturally that is the key is it's easy to, um, we only know the world that we know in the sense of my experience of life is limited to my experience of life. And I can learn about how other people experience it, but it's still not my experience. That's right. And so in that way, it's pretty hard to separate what unique challenges do I have because I live now as opposed yeah. to when my parents lived? Mm-hmm. And what kinds of tools do I need now that were never given to me because nobody needed them before? There you go. And what do so we just good. pull them out of the, you know, out of thin air? <laughs> How right. do we figure this out? And so I love that you even, I love that you go to the root of this with your clients because I think that if we did understand more about how we are wired differently, mm-hmm. just, I mean, sure you have personality differences and I mean, mm-hmm. in, in a couple's dynamic, you're going to run into all kinds of differences. But yep. if we get down to the very base level, you know, it is biological, chemical, yes, it is you. very, mm-hmm. there are very, um, the very wiring yes. of a man and a woman is different. And just that simply alone, if you strip away personality differences or preferences or, or cultural culture or opinions, yep. you're going to find there are still differences at the core that are common. Yep. Like your issue isn't actually unique in the sense that every couple is going to find this to be true to some degree or another. And that's so help, helpful when I feel offended by, right. I'm not married, but when I feel offended by my, my male friend or a boss mm. or something, yes. it's because he's coming at me. He's not, he's not recognizing the feminine. And I'm thinking he doesn't care. He doesn't this. No, like there's brain differences and there's biochemical hormonal differences. Mm-hmm. And so with a couple or whoever, you can begin to realize, oh, this isn't personal. He does, it's not that he doesn't care about me, that he's mm-hmm. not listening to me right now or this or that. It's actually how he's wired. And so um, it helps so much, especially with couples recognize like, oh, we've been fighting this thing. And it's not actually that there's anything wrong with him or anything wrong with you. We just haven't understood this and capitalized on this. Yeah. The, I want to dive into like, what are some of the differences in a second? Mm-hmm. It's, I teach this a lot f- with men as far as the role of a man yeah. and not necessarily the chemical differences and biological differences that much, yeah. but what is the role of a man in yeah. it's interesting. Like my grandpa, so my dad's, my great grandpa, my dad's grandpa never woke up in the morning and just thought, man, what is my role? What is my job? And I know that he could have, that he missed it in some areas, right? As far sure. as a spiritual leader. But when it comes to the provider and protector, mm. he was a farmer, right? Mm-hmm. So at no point in his life did he roll over and go like, I just don't feel like farming today. Yeah. I'm going to have my wife do that. You know, yeah. it was just so built into who they were yeah. as one culturally, but two, like survival. Like mm-hmm. he didn't even think, That's right. man, am I going to get up and work hard? That was my dad's grandpa taught him when he was young, a man is only worth what he can work. Wow. Now, I don't like, of course, the the full message of that, but that was his mindset. That's yeah. what, how he was raised yeah. and brought up. Yeah. And 
although some of that message, it, of course, isn't great. The flip side of that is because of how far removed society is from just values and roles and responsibilities, it really is so confusing mm-hmm. for men and women, the, the differences. And it, it creates, I mean, a guy, men today have such a hard time putting their fingers on and grasping what is my job and what do I do and how are we different? And so I'm so thankful that we're having this conversation because we are so different, not just our roles, but the, our actual DNA, our makeup and what makes us work that I really feel like it's going to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's dive in a little bit. Um, what makes men and w- women different just from like a biological standpoint? Okay. Let me start with what your grandpa said, because it was spot on. Yeah. It might have not have been a sophisticated way of saying it. And so your sophisticated mind is like, oh, maybe there's a better way to say yeah. that. Uh-huh. But it's spot on in the sense that the number one thing that a man needs to feel whole, and then we'll talk about the biology behind it. The number one thing that a man needs to feel whole and to feel loved, frankly, frankly, is to feel like he's making a difference. He needs to make a difference with his family. He needs to make a difference in his world, in his ministry, in his work. And he's going to be goal-oriented and go after that thing and get it. And he's not just doing it for him. You know, a mature man is doing it for um, the, the, the benefit of whoever it is that he serves, right? He's there to give a gift that God's given him to gift and to give to the world and he wants to serve. And so when your grandfather said he's worth nothing without his work, he's right. If you feel blocked in some way as a man to give the gift you have to give mm. and to make a difference, um, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to lean towards addictions. Mm. And um, sometimes we women don't, don't recognize that we're actually uh, criticizing instead of helping him do that. We don't know how to ask for what we need. We come off critical. So, and then the biological part of that is, you know, to, to serve and protect and provide, like you were saying. Yeah. If you think about early cultures, um, everything was designed to help a man, help a man in his brain and in his body do that. So he was the hunter. He was the one. He was the one who made sure everyone was safe. And so. The brain is actually of a man is actually designed to be single focused. So men go from goal to goal to goal. And that's really helpful when you're out there trying to protect someone or you're trying to like get some food for your family. You need to be single focused. You need to be on a mission and go after that thing and not distracted, right? So the white, uh, the um, corpus callosum of a man is 25% smaller than a woman's. So what's the corpus callosum? You've got the left side of your brain, right? The right side of your brain. It's like this little highway in between that helps the two sides of the brain connect and interact and share information. So for a woman, it's bigger. It's like she's got the super highway and you've got the like little. I knew something was <laughs> You've got time. the little road, wait, right? So when you say we're not on the same page. That's actually what's happening. That's what's I'm happening. Still over here. I'm stuck. That's right. That's exactly. You're not what's running happening. my speed, bro. You're not running <laughs> on that highway here. And that's, catch up. Wait, there's more. There's catch more. Up. Yeah, there's more. And so, for so one example of how this will relate in a conversation is 
women connect their thoughts with their feelings much quicker than a man does. It's not that he can't, it just takes him a little more time to do that. So, you know, what do I do as a therapist? I'm constantly asking people, what is, how do they feel? But you know what? If I'm sitting across from a man, I will, sometimes I slip, honestly, but I will try to say, what do you think about that, Jason? Because immediately he'll go, he'll tell me what he thinks. You'll tell me what you think. But yeah. if I say, what do you feel? I'll watch you kind of pause and kind of have to go, you know, like he's going through his little Rolodex. later. I 14 days later. What right. is a feeling? Versus with women, you know, it's much more readily accessible. And then like gray matter, white matter. So women have more white matter. Men have more gray matter. What does that look like? Well, gray matter to, you know, boast on the guys and their benefits. <laughs> gray matter is all the information processing centers. So you have a multitude of processing centers in your brain for different things, right? And, and men have more of that. They've got the processing center for spatial things, for mathematical things, for all the things, right? White matter, which women have more of, is the connection between them. So imagine all the factories, you know, those are the processing centers. Men have more of those, but women have more of the roads that link all of these processing centers. So men will go straight to the thing. They'll specialize. They're like, here's the problem. What's the processing center that I need to go to for the best answer, which is beautiful. But then women can look at all the roads and all the connections and say, and this is how it relates here. And this is how it relates here. And oh, by the way, this is how we take care of her heart while we go solve this thing. Right? So sometimes a man will be very goal oriented and go after the goal. Whereas a woman can say, yeah, let's go after that goal. But you know, we're going to hurt Susie when we do that. So let's do it this way. So at the end of the day, Men are goal, more goal-oriented brain. Women are more whole brain. They can go back with their left and their right more often. But this is why when she's talking to you and you're trying to solve her problem because you're single-focused and she's like, stop interrupting me. I'm not done yet. That's because she has to go to all the different things, all the different connections that she makes so easily and before you can understand her. She knows that. She knows on some level if you only answer her thing right now, She's not getting able to process all the pieces of the puzzle that she's thinking about. So whereas women, uh, men kind of separate, they have a different place for their perceptions, for their feelings, for their decisions about things. Women are looking at all of that all at the same time. And that's why we tend to feel more overwhelmed more quickly. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, this makes so much sense. So, so when I'm overwhelmed, it is, I do not call my girlfriends. I call my guy friend. And I go, I'm overwhelmed because I know that they'll go, they'll kind of go, do, 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 do. And they'll narrow down what's most important. Oh yeah. I do that with Jason all the time. So that's the beauty of that thing where they get so not distracted and goal focused is they can kind of just go quickly to what's most important and let's do that first. But women can multitask better. They can multitask better and see all the different things. Mm -hmm. So can you see how God, like we need each other? Oh yeah. And this is the same in like organizations. Like I can't tell you how many times I've, I've consulted with a church, let's say about a crisis that they bring me in. And if the whole team dealing with the crisis is men, I'm like, oh shoot, they're missing yeah. this, 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 and this. Cause they're just wanting to get to the goal. Right. They meet the goal and then they think they're done. And I'm like, oh no, you're not done. This one's over here is hurting. And this one over here is hurting and vice versa. You know, women may take a little longer to get there. They need the guys on the team to go, oh wait, but here's how we do this. So it's very complimentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this is such 
intriguing information. Mm-hmm. Potentially my academic self is about to get the better of me Let's and I'm going it. to go down a rabbit hole. But so I'm thinking about kind of from an evolutionary perspective, not necessarily theories of evolution, but just the idea that the human race grows and adapts over time. Right. So do you know, have we seen since now, granted there's an incredible population, an incredibly large population of the world that is still actually working to survive right? a lot. Yeah. And they don't have necessarily the luxury that we might have in some of the developed world where, absolutely, you know, yeah. we aren't relying on our survival skills mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Has there been change in the way that brains are developed from a biological standpoint? Yeah. Like have, yeah. have there been changes over yeah. the decades? And I'm wondering, is culture changing more rapidly than yeah. our yeah. biology, yeah. which wow. would create really a problem? Good. You got yourself a smart one there, Jay. I, I love know. this question. I, I mean, imagine trying to live answering <laughs> these massive questions. Your life is so hard. So that's that feminine brain looking at all the pieces yeah. and wanting to bring it together. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Once again, the challenges were different, right? So the needs were different. So it was much simpler back in the day. Um, here's the good news. As we've evolved, the reality is we both have this part of our, you have a very, you have a goal oriented yes. side just as much as you have that feminine side. Right. And, and he does too. And that's the beauty of brave co is you're trying to help men um, connect with both really, mm-hmm. you know, True. when you're talking about emotions and trauma and helping them realize like that's the feminine side that you're trying to help them connect with just as much as the masculine provider mm-hmm. protector side. So, as, we, as women gained more rights for voting and all of those things, we got permission. We don't just have to be at home, you know, doing whatever, which is fine. But now we have permission to connect with that goal-oriented side as well. And so women mm-hmm. have careers. And honestly, you know, I know you work and you take care of kids and home. You spend a lot of your work time in masculine mode, right? Um, so we have, we're more equal in our ability to do both. So... Does that complicate things at times? Yeah, I'll tell you the number one place that complicates it, dating. Mm. So you've got all these women who are now connected with their masculine side. They can be goal-oriented. They're making money. They're not relying on a man anymore necessarily to provide for them, mm-hmm. right? They still need protection, but they don't necessarily need provision. And then you come in a dating thing, and the guy doesn't know what to do, you know, because he need, at the end of the day, he needs to be needed. Mm-hmm. And he looks at her, and he's like, oh, I'm not sure she needs me. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do I even begin to be anything in her life when I don't, I don't know, she's got a freaking doctorate and yeah. got her own house. How do she's I self-sufficient. help her? Uh-huh. Right? How uh-huh. do I do anything for her? Uh-huh. So yeah, they have to kind of relearn like, dude, she still needs you. She mm-hmm. wants companionship. She yeah. wants protection. She does want someone financially to help her. She doesn't want to do it all alone. Cause at the end of the day, women need, I talked about what men need to feel loved. Women need to not feel alone in things. Not feel so alone. You can be yeah. the most capable mm. woman in the world, but if you're by yourself, you're not you're not completely happy. You don't want to be alone in the world. And if you're in a marriage, you certainly don't want to feel alone in your marriage. If you're o- overwhelmed with kids, <laughs> that's, that's my number one Lauren. complaint. Like if I have a hard fear. day, yes. yeah. If I have a hard day, it's because I feel alone. Yeah. And so I'm here to say you're absolutely 100 percent normal. Fantastic. That's how women are wired. Mm. We are we are wired. Um, we feel. 
so what men can do for women is be sensitive to her needs. Sensitive to her needs, help her to not feel alone in things. Those are the two number one things women want. And while we're not as goal-oriented, uh, primarily in, in our sense of wholeness and everything's okay in the world, that's number two for women. Number one for women is to love and be loved. That's when we feel all is right in the world. And then goal orientation, destiny, career, that's number two. For men, it's opposite. It's, I need to fulfill my purpose to love and be loved is secondary. Hmm. So did I answer your question? Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, I think one of the, in my question, I think potentially the piece I'm putting together is going, okay, potentially culture has progressed at a faster rate than our human biology has evolved in the sense of we're technically still predominantly wired. we're still the same. We're biologically yes. the same, but culture has put demands on exactly. men and women that are, that are complicating things. I think it's that, it's just that very interesting um, reality where, you know, a society can advance to such a degree that you actually go, wait a second, would it actually just be better if things were simple again? Yes, we have mm -hmm. all of these luxuries and mm -hmm. all of these, mm -hmm. you know, the benefits of living in 2023 yeah. instead of living where yeah. you had to fight off tigers for your, you know, right. for your survival. Right. Like yeah. obviously there are yeah. major benefits to industrialization and the, you know, evolution of society. Mm -hmm. However, because of how we're wired, when That's things right. get very complicated and complex, when cultures and societies get complex, there's demands put on us as men and women that we weren't biologically cut out to nail it in all of these arenas. We 100%. actually are desired to, or designed to need each other yes. and to desire yes. that companionship. So our biology isn't necessarily going to evolve. We need no. skills to evolve with what's happening exactly. in the culture that's creating new stressors for us. Sure. Um, but the good news is women are goal oriented. They're, Many women do want to like make a difference and, and have yeah. a career. You know, I'm one of those women. Yes. You're one of those I am women. Too, yeah. And so for the, for the first time in, you know, really basically it's been a short period of time. Women are now free to do that mm -hmm. in the same way. Men were blocked in their emotions mm -hmm. very much by their role. They were limited in their role. And now for the first time, there's a whole part of men that's opening up. And so we're getting to see the fullness of men and women. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. Right. But yes, society, the stress that we feel when you work all day and then you come home and still have to, you know, help at home. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to mm -hmm. put our heads together and mm -hmm. begin to help each other out with. In mm -hmm. the, in the school of ministry, when I worked there for 10 years at Bethel church, um, amongst I would say amongst people, but amongst men, especially there, to me, there's always this pandemic that was like, what is my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this book called well-being is written by, um, the people who wrote uh, strength finder 2.0. Mm -hmm. And one of the statistics that they had in there is they said, it's harder for, it's harder on a man to go, uh, to get laid off for a long period of time from work than it is for him to go through a death in the family. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. And so much of, for, for a man, I know so much of my purpose and my, 
Like everything feels right in the world when I have this goal and this mission that I'm accomplishing and I'm on and I wake up in the morning, my feet hit the ground. That's right. And I may not like it. Like I may go yeah. like, another day working out, another day at Brave Co., another day, at, you know, counseling people. But at the end of the day, like I'm accomplishing stuff and I'm on this yep. mission. And yep. I just think so, so many men in our day and age were never taught how to work. Yeah. They were never taught how to uh, obtain a goal and to go after it. Really even simple things that my dad would have had to figure out when he was young and his dad was on a farm or whatever. Like mm-hmm. our, the older generations just had that because it's part of survival, right? Like you have to, they had to be right? able to set a list of priorities and yeah. go accomplish those every day. And so mm-hmm. I've told men for years, like, man, this thing that you're feeling inside, like, what is my purpose? What am I doing on this planet? The, our society, our Western society, has, that's the downside. That's, mm-hmm. That is the byproduct of, and we've got more money than maybe we need. We, two parents are both working. Kids are at home, not doing a ton of stuff. And it can easily get to that point. Mm-hmm. A lot of men have misunderstood. I don't feel purposeful in my life, even as a husband, as a dad, because I'm not accomplishing anything. That's right. I'm just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. So with all of that said, I think, you know, people are listening to this podcast who are interested in relational health. That's Mm -hmm. kind of our bread and butter, if you will. And so when it comes to actually helping couples navigate conflict or communication or building a life that they love together, Mm -hmm. if they're married or dating in a way where they can move through those stages of dating and actually determine whether they do or don't want to get married, what are some tips or keys, some of those tools that you're even referring to of how men and women can kind of uh, embrace and understand their differences in a way that they can move through, you know, kind of that link between having needs and the expectations on the relationship and dealing with stress. How, how does that all work together? What are some of the tools that you think are the most important for people to yeah. understand? Um, well, I, I think first is to educate yourself on how you're designed because the more you're in line with your design, the less that's going to help you manage stress. And at the end of the day, um, I want the couple to stop blaming it on the other person. You know, I mean, I could tell you the top 10 things, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. She's, it's never good enough for her. You know, um, he seems more interested in work. He doesn't listen to me anymore. He's not there for me anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's like every couple, it's the same thing. And all of that is, Oh, we, we are stressed and, so my difference is highlighted and I'm wanting you to be like me and that will make me better. But no, it's actually recognizing that I need to, number one, ultimately I need to learn how to deal with my own stress and we need to learn as a couple how to complement each other. So the basics are, number one, to lower a woman's stress, she needs to recognize that she can be in masculine all day long but at some point it stresses her out. So statistics show that in the workplace when they measure cortisol, which is a measure of stress, men's cortisol is like kind of even, fine. Women's doubles when they go to work. Why? Because to love and be loved is first, right? Direction is second. And when I go to work, I kind of have to put that aside. I'm not, you know, it's not about me being loving. It's about me being capable, right? Mm -hmm. So when I get home at night and then I feel like I have to work some more, because look at how dirty the kitchen is and how can you just sit there on the couch while the kitchen is dirty, you know? Well, I need to reconnect with my feminine side. 
How does a woman do that? Well, she needs her, she needs some help sometimes, and her man can help her do that by just helping, letting her talk about her feelings about the day. Not solving it, just three minutes even of blah, 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 blah. And Jason goes, uh-huh, yeah, babe, wow, gosh, that was big. Yeah, that was, you did so good, right? That's allowing her to express her feelings, and that reduces stress for a woman. So the more ma- more in your masculine side you are, the more your testosterone goes up as a woman. But then you hit kind of that critical mass, and you're not going to feel good because you're an estrogen-based creature, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you talk and you share your stressors for the day, specifically feeling mode, and he just listens, your estrogen goes up and your testosterone goes down, and your oxytocin goes up and your testosterone goes down, and you're going to feel really good. And you know what? You're going to feel really good too because you helped her do something. You're right. gonna you're you're gonna just going be going uh huh uh huh uh huh. But in your head, you're gonna be like, yeah, I did that. Look at her. She feels better, and it's all because of me. If it weren't for me, she'd be a hot mess, right? Totally. Because he's goal oriented and he wants to make a difference, and he just made a difference for you just by listening. It's great. Now, when he comes home, he's stressed out too because he's been working hard all day. You know, and he's actually depleted in his testosterone because he's been given out, given out, given out. His testosterone is low. And God bless um, Jason. He's a counselor. So he's also a little bit in his feminine because he's listening to emotions. He's being kind of more in his feminine side, nurturing, you know, because counselors are genuinely nurturing. And so he comes home and he's stressed out and he needs to um, have his testosterone come back. But he needs the opposite of what you need. He actually doesn't need to talk. He needs to kind of be quiet. And, and you know, you and I would call it veg a little bit. He needs to sit on whatever it is that he does to kind of relax his muscles, relax his mind, and just have a little bit of space to himself. But when he's doing that, his testosterone is actually coming back. And then he can be, you know, just as present for you as he was all day long and enjoy being with you. So if we can recognize that, that at some point during the day, am I too in my masculine as a woman and I need to re-rejuvenate? Am I too depleted as a man and I need to rejuvenate? And this is what I do to do it. And this is how I can help you. So, you know, I, I see this a lot when I go visit my brother and he comes home and he's a little grumpy and a little like, you know, and now I've learned like, whereas initially I was like, I'm here. I came all the way from Chicago and he doesn't even want to talk to me. He's just sitting on the couch <laughs> looking at the TV. Like, what the heck? You know, but it's like, oh no, he just came home. Like he's been working hard and he's just doing his thing. And now when I see it, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad he's taking some time. He's replenishing himself. And then, yeah, like 30 minutes later, it doesn't even take long. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes later, he's like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, he's talkative all of a sudden, you know? It's like, oh no, he just, he got replenished. Oh, good. Right? And the same thing for a woman. Um, I was talking to a friend recently and we were joking. She's like, you can't spend too long in a coffee shop with your girlfriend. Cause if you do one of you or both of you is going to be crying. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that not the truth? Mm-hmm. That's because it's stress releasing for women. It really is stress really. And we come away like feeling better because we've dealt, we've verbally expressed our stresses and then we rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. This is making so much sense. So regarding meeting your spouse where they're at mm-hmm. and not not doing the blame thing, but mm-hmm. actually identifying your differences, embracing the differences, and then actually determining to use 
some coping skills to navigate through those differences beyond that. Do you, do you feel like, let's talk specifically maybe about a married couple for a second. Um, what do you see happening in, you know, you talk to those married couples who you're like, wow, we're, we're like way beyond, we're way beyond, you know, maybe that first few years of marriage where you're running into each other all the time and you're kind of discovering your differences. We've moved more into, I actually have some resentment about your, your, our differences, mm-hmm. the things that you do, you know, I'm not just notifying, noticing them anymore. They don't just make me a little bit sad. I'm actually feeling a ton of resentment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you help couples reconnect or come back together yeah. after living like that for any length of time? That is my favorite point to intervene because that's when just a perspective shift makes both of them go, ah. Oh. So usually what I try to do first, they're going at it about something and we can pick something specific if that makes it easier. And then she does her thing. You know, and I can see where she's coming from as a woman, let's say, to pick on her. Mm -hmm. But she's doing it not recognizing that based on how he's wired, you are like knocking him down. You are Mm. emasculating right now. And I know you have a need and you want him to show up for you. But the way you're asking for it Mm -hmm. is actually stressing him out more to where he has less to give you. And he feels like nothing he can do can help you. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, just think of someone we all know and don't say, I know (laughs) (laughs) that's a tricky part is the (laughs) confidentiality, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, I had this client once and, um, they were working on their marriage and they were, they were close to divorcing, right? They're at that point. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we did something, she was feeling better and she came back in and she's like, you know, though, like, I just feel like he, he, he's, he won't be responsible. Like he's not being responsible and showing up. Like I have to be the one saying, you know, go call the counselor. And I'm the one saying, you know, go read this book. And I'm the one going, well, maybe we should do this marriage course. Mm, Okay. mm -hmm. So what is she doing? She's all in her masculine. She's the one running to the show. She's the one goal directing. And so does he feel capable or relevant? No, he's completely irrelevant because she's trying to be the masculine. Mm -hmm. And she's stressed out because she's not the one who wants to decide all these things because she's feminine. She wants to be, she wants to receive. She wants to be led, but she doesn't recognize she's taking the masculine role and she can't even step into that role, Mm. right? So- what she needs to do, and this is hard for women at first, what I tell her to do, and if, if he's sitting in the room, I'll tell her that. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you're in your masculine. And then I'll turn to him, and I will acknowledge him for one, two, three things that I know that he's doing and doing really well, mm-hmm. right? So she's saying all this stuff to me, and I can watch him deflate. Sure. You know, because he's just like, oh, my God, this again, I don't know what to do, you know, and I, and I listen, and then I tell her, well, you're kind of in your masculine. That must be stressful for you. And she's like, well, yeah, I guess it is stressful for me. And then I look at him and I say, you're an amazing, you know, and I tell him all the things that he does well. And I watch him. It's like those old Incredible Hulk dolls where you could pump them up. Yeah. And I watch his body language go, you know, and then I look over at her and I go, look at him. And she's like, whoa, yeah. And I was like, okay, you, ha- you have to start with acknowledging what he does do. And then you can ask for a little more. But if you don't acknowledge him and build him up, he feels irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Right? I was talking about talking with, hey, what's your favorite breakfast? You know, and she's like bacon and eggs, you know. Well, what if you woke up one day and he made you eggs? And he goes, babe, I made you your favorite breakfast. 
Now, we women, we get a little, I mean, I'm sorry, we get, we get a little bratty, you know, mm-hmm. so we're like, huh. And, we're, and if we have a little resentment, we have a little resentment, we're thinking, well, actually, my favorite breakfast is bacon and eggs, and he just made me eggs. You know, we're a little bratty, but we're trying to kind of hold it out, but he, he sees that, right? And he's thinking, what, what the freaking made breakfast for her, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of our natural response, especially when there's been a resentment. Here's what you want to do. Okay, you want to come in and go, you made me eggs. You woke up early and you made me eggs. Oh my gosh, babe, I this. Ah, these are the best eggs. You know why these are the best eggs? Because you made them for me. Yeah. And I know that that was a big deal for you to think of me and make these for me. And he's puffed up and feeling good because, yes, he's making a difference in the life of this woman. And then you go, you know, make these eggs even better. A little bacon. Mm -hmm. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to be like, coming right up. (laughs) <laughs> coming right up and you know what if there's no bacon in the fridge he's like give me 10 minutes he's gonna run to the corner store buy some bacon come back make it for you this must be hereditary is because that, this exact scenario plays do, out this exact scenario plays out between us so yeah yeah wow yeah. so good so it's literally a shift in how you how you talk recognizing that i, I i've made mistakes uh, I remember the first time I made this mistake in therapy with a male client. And, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm encouraging. I'm doing really good. And I don't know what happened to me that day, but I had had enough. And, <laughs> you know, he did something, and I just went, Rawr. I, like, went after him. And he deflated, and he never saw me again. Wow. And I was like, we worked together for so long. I did one thing, one thing, and he's gone. And at first I was like, well, pff, that's him. He couldn't you know, take He it. couldn't handle it. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, no, you messed up. Yeah. You messed up. You forgot in that moment. You know, you wanted to focus on that one thing. When he was working so hard, he's been in counseling with you. He's working so hard. And you went after that one thing. And yeah, good on him that he was like, forget you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scary because I've seen that happen in relationship, in marriage. Yeah. Where he hits, he, the man hits that spot of like, oh, can't do it anymore. Can't do anything. And, and you almost can't blame him. You almost can't blame him. And he may not even know why he's, why he's kind of like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a little more risky in that situation. And that's where you want other people around you because it's natural for a guy to get to that place if that's what's happening. Right? Oh, man. Yeah. This is yeah, so helpful. It mm-hmm. is. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, I know when I make the eggs and I don't make them perfectly <laughs> and then I get, you know, crushed. Because like, oh, it's too runny. <laughs> Darn. She said the other morning, she said, it just kind of hurts my feelings that you don't make my eggs right. I was like, oh, babe. No, well, let's clarify. He actually said to me, it hurts him a little bit to make the eggs the way I like them because he doesn't think it's right. So that's a different conversation. It is true. That part is right. He doesn't think it's right because you shouldn't eat eggs that way. Yeah, because I shouldn't prefer that my eggs aren't runny. I ruined. It's like cooking a steak well done. Like Here's Here's the bottom line. When we try to make people like us in order for us to be okay, we're going to constantly be disappointed. Yes. It's true. How and did I make eggs this morning though, babe? Perfectly. See? On the flip side of that, when you try to meet the other person's needs to the detriment of your own, that's also just as bad. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So at the end of the wow. day, you need to take care of your needs. He needs to take care of his needs. But then we bring each other higher as we help each mm-hmm. other. Right? Mm-hmm. So 
Yes. Yeah. So you know what? Sometimes you just might need to make your own eggs if he just isn't really good at making them yeah. the way you want. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Hey, you can, can I, make something can else. Can I ask for a you. question? I know that we're almost done with time. Yeah. But how do men and women different as far as like emotionally high and low in like are men more prone more prone to depression than women or vice versa? Do you have an answer for that? It depends on the setting. So um but Oh gosh, it's a complicated question actually, Jay. But I will say I will say this, when a man is not when his testosterone is low and he's too much in that other end and he's not being able to rejuvenate or or find his purpose or do his purpose, he will get more depressed, more emotional and more prone to addiction. Mm-hmm. That's actually the feminine side is, you know, it, the addictive kind of part of us is more the feminine side. Um and when and when women don't feel supported, they can kind of lean towards that. So it's really about are you at your functioning at your best? If you're not, you're go- either one of us is going to be prone more to depression and addiction. I heard Jordan Peterson talking the other day, just a short clip of it. And he was mm-hmm. talking about how women see more threats and mm-hmm. are more prone mm-hmm. to um, picking out the negative things in a day. And mm-hmm. not necessarily that they feel worse or better, but are much more apt to have a problem with something. That is absolutely true because they're whole brain processors. So they're looking at all of the different things and they're less able to disengage. Whereas a guy can kind of come home and be like, okay, and disengage and just be like, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. And that's actually a good thing. Women have a harder time kind of disconnecting from that. And then there was another point that kind of goes with that. Um, women when under stress tend to focus more on the needs of other people Mm. and because they tend to focus more on the needs of other people they neglect their own needs and so over time that can really negatively affect a woman Mm -hmm. whereas men tend to get more focused on their needs or the need of like the goal at hand yeah and so sometimes that can be a little more helpful for a man yeah Mm -hmm. i know for us it's way true like you you notice more threats at home, you you have more concerns in a day than I have in in a week. Because her number one need is security, and yeah. your number one need is solutions. But sometimes the solutions you come up with don't help her in her security. Yeah, yeah. Well, that rarely, no rare. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, for women, security is number one. Whereas men can be a little more risk taking and things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when a, when a man helps her feel safe, that's really helpful for her. But she's also going to see things that a guy doesn't see. So. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Wow. This is all just so eye-opening, Dr. Nagib. <laughs> you guys, thanks for joining us. We're going to put, um, uh, I'm going to put Margaret's bio in the show notes today because inside of that, there are some resources available to you listeners, um, Mar- some of Margaret's resources and just some more information about projects that she's worked on. And um, yeah, so Gosh, hasn't she been amazing? So yeah. fun, you guys. Margaret has a Thank manual. you. She has a manual called Souls Like Stars that is awesome. And I highly recommend it. Yeah, we're yeah, going to link it for you out. in the show notes. So check that out for sure. Maybe I'll just say until next time, Margaret, because this is just fantastic and we have to do it again. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you. Well, as always, we would just invite you to like and subscribe to this podcast, share it with people if you think it would be helpful. Um, We're so appreciative 
to you, our listeners, and we love getting to know our audience a little bit. So feel free to shoot us some questions over social media or let us know in the comments uh, and, and rate and review how you've enjoyed this episode. But we will see you next week. Thank you.